Belgian Moroccan Sidi Labi Shakawi is one of the world's most sought after choreographers. He's made over 50 shows, works in contemporary dance, ballet, film, and theatre, and has picked up a frankly embarrassing Hall of Awards. Collaborators include Anthony Gormley, Damien Jalet, Marina Abramovich, and Beyoncé, to name but a few. I worked with Larbi and Gormley on Sutra, and with Larbi and Damien Jalet on the Olivier Award winning Babel Words around 2008 2010. As well as running his own company Eastman, since 2015, Larby has been the artistic director of the Royal Ballet of Flanders. Conversations with Larby are always extremely free-flowing. Here, our wide-ranging chat covers his experience of COVID-19 as a person, a choreographer and the artistic director of Ballet Vlanderen, as well as how the intimacy of his practice has evolved in response to both his position as a leader and an awareness engendered by the Me Too movement. I popped up on his screen while he was at home in Antwerp in early May 2020. Hello, Larby. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's my pleasure. It's nice to see you. Um, so I was remembering that last time I saw you, which I think was in January, I was giving you some unrequested sympathy about all the traveling you have to do and how you're always either on your way to or from somewhere. And now I'm talking to you in a period of enforced stillness. And I'm wondering how that is for you. Is it lovely or is it a bit of a nightmare? Well, it's a bit of both, I would say. Like uh, on the one side, I think this is the kind of period I was hoping for at some point in my life. I'm, I'm for sure have been, you know, like, uh, you know, when you're into a, a situation where you're constantly having to do the same things, you sometimes feel like, mm. oh, I wish I was home for a longer time. I wish, you know, like we always wish for the thing we don't have. And yeah. so suddenly being thrown into that thing that I had wished for of being home, um, you realize all the things that come with that. And you also want to go back out. <laughs> you mm -hmm. want to go back traveling. And I, I was talking to my, uh, you know, my colleague from Eastman saying like, oh, I, I, I can't wait until I'm able to again go somewhere else to have some perspective, you know. So, mm. so it's, been, it's been both. It's really been um, a kind of like... Uh, weird blessing in disguise in one way being able to be home and and getting you know I'm, I'm very OCD so I was like putting all the things in alphabetical order you know like I'm like really reorganizing my my inner space or my, my house in in ways that I'd been uh, you know postponing for almost six years and and I was like okay I'll just do that now uh, as there's so much time and then at the same time also kind of like you know scratching against a wall, wall yeah. feeling like I'm in The Shining or something, like really want to <laughs> like get, you know, going crazy um, uh, with, with many, many different ups and downs of feeling, you know, at ease to feeling really, really depressed and then going back out of mm. that. So it's been an mm. up and down thing. Waves, yeah. I think that's a common experience. It's funny because I was wondering whether you, I was imagining, oh, is he growing vegetables or is he painting his walls, tidying his house? And then I thought, no, surely his house is tidy. No, it isn't. Um, I mean, it wasn't. Well, like, I, really, I really needed to, to, to get into that and, and it was good to, um, I was also, there was a period I was really enjoying giving some food to, to the birds and then, you know, seeing uh, spring kind of come to life. That was really amazing. So everything started to to, to feel uh, different because uh, mm. there's this 
looming mortality, you know, that just sometimes it's, it's, it has had moments in my life that it appeared. So it's not the first time that I'm, you know, it's the first time to be in a pandemic, but it isn't mm-hmm. the first time that I feel like mortality is really close because um, of my own, you know, in my life I've had, I was in Japan when it was the, um, you know, the whole situation yeah. around Fukushima in 2011, that's nine years ago. And, and somehow that also prepared me for some a situation like this because i've i've i felt like oh i'm again in that state and and mm. so you you start to you know not that you want to get used to these things but you kind of start to have some defense mechanisms that that i noticed some of my friends or colleagues didn't have because it was the first time for them to yeah. to feel like they they uh you know they felt trapped um and they didn't really know what to do with that yeah yeah, yeah, interesting. So what were you busy with before all of this happened then and what has happened to, well, what what has been paused and what's the plan? Well, I mean, we, we were supposed with the Valley of Flanders, we were supposed to do Sacre du Printemps from Pina Bausch and yeah. also a remount, a piece of mine called Noetic, uh, which I had made in Sweden. And then I was, mm-hmm. it was the first time that the Valley of Flanders was going to dance this. So I was really looking forward to that. It was our 50 years anniversary, so it was really yeah. an important program. And, then, and have you rehearsed that, or you didn't get to that part? No. Have you rehearsed that yet? You haven't. No, okay. we couldn't. Like by the time we needed to start rehearsal was mid of April, and yeah. and 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 we were still hoping that the 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 quarantine would would only be two weeks or three weeks, but suddenly it just kept growing, and so we were realizing that we were not going to make it, um, and we were supposed to premiere it in June. So that wasn't going to happen. So just having that wave, that professional wave of realizing, a, you know, it was uh, it was something that I'd been working on for three years, like making mm-hmm. it possible. Um, so it was very um, sad and disappointing, you know, uh, even though, of course, it's the right thing to do to stay in the house. And, you know, like um, I, I really firmly believe that this lockdown was necessary and is necessary i i i, mm. I feel uh, strongly about that but but it's still like uh, you know you had when you prepare things for three years in advance to get somewhere to do something to get something done we were touring with eastman uh, we were going to go to spain but spain was one of the most uh, hit countries yeah. at that moment yeah. so it to realize that you had to stop all of that and and all these freelance dancers that i work with within that company suddenly had no work and so um i can only describe it as my first weeks was a lot of deconstructing but also of deconstructing things that I had been building and suddenly realize as if somebody says, no, it's not, this building's not supposed to stand here. It's supposed to stand over there. So you can't just blow it all up. You have to really build it down like an architect. It almost takes more energy to get it so that you can replace it in another moment uh, at another place, you know, like you really had to deconstruct things. So that was very, very heavy on me and some of my colleagues. So I, I never had as much work as I had in that period, okay. just because it's one thing to be visionary and get things done. And that takes energy, but you also need even more vision to break down mm-hmm. those visions when they, they, when the circumstances shift. So it was a lot about yeah. uh, re remodeling yourself and remodeling the things around you and thank god we're in belgium we have some form of um state support 
you know that 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 was uh, it's not germany like it, you know like it, we no. we are in but it's not england either huh? But it's not England either. No, no, no. Somewhere in no, between. I think, I think in some ways it's better and worse. Like there's certain, on certain levels we are, um, you know, uh, and we, you know, I'm very grateful for all the the, the, the things that have been set into place um, to to catch, you know, to, but, mm. but, but still there's like, you also feel a responsibility as a, as a leader or as a person that is in a position sure, yeah. of responsibility of making sure that you're not forgetting someone. So it was a mm. lot about kind of like calling. And because I work with people abroad a lot, it was also like, you know, I had a dancer in Germany and he was fine. And then there was a dancer in France and he was fine too, or she was fine too. And then, and then it's it just like, it was kind of like, navigating between the the people that had it harder than others and just mm-hmm. kind of trying to find some sort of equity to 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 get to a place where you feel like okay the people i'm responsible of are okay you know like so mm-hmm. for the ballet company for instance we we have some sort of state support for them but uh, they um we can pay even though they don't have to, they can't do anything so they're not rehearsing they're Mm. We, we we ask them very you know um we kind of like ask them to keep in shape to to, to stay mm-hmm. which usually dancers are quite good at but still a ballet dancer it's still it's a kind of like a very specific type of skill that you usually work on collectively yeah, even if it's a very individual art form like most dancers are there for themselves it's still something that happens within a sort of ritual that is very collective and that is taken away. So suddenly finding ways to, to keep working, you know, those, those, those skills that you, um, yeah, it, it just, it, it just asked them. So, but, but financially we were able to give them at least 85% of their salary still. And, and, and through, you know, mechanisms, making sure that everybody feels taken care of, protected and, and not abandoned, which is mm. kind of like, um, yeah, it's it's it's. While I felt at times abandoned because I was like, oh my god, like we, we really need to do all of that, and then there's very little, few people you can go to to say like, what do you think I should be doing? So, so you suddenly have to kind of invent it yourself. So, I, I there's yeah. no rule book on this, is there? You didn't train for this, and you know you can't go to somebody who's more experienced in this than you. It's just yeah, exactly making it yeah. up. Yeah, it was like yeah. like I think people were looking at me like, so what are we gonna do next? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Like, I don't know. No, but I, I, I kind of like, you know, realize that I do like solving puzzles. I love it. Like, so in a way, the challenge um, isn't the thing that scares me. It's more the, the, the you know, the, the fact that I'm afraid of the responsibility of having someone fall sick because I'm too enthusiastic or I want to get something done. And actually, you know, that could, put someone else in danger it those are the things yeah. even an audience member or something it's it's those things that uh, that get really that that make me feel insecure more than the yeah. the idea of like having to reinvent the um, the notion of going to the theater or something i think that's yeah. actually an interesting challenge and if you know i mean we're artists we we should be able to figure this out like i i really believe mm. in art as being able to adapt to anything like yeah, and it, ha- it always has it's just been we've been in such a routine that we've forgotten at times to be creative mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. i think we we when it comes down to making sure that people can see your art or can 
you know, um, relate to it or, or feel, you know, invited. Um, so, so the big challenge right now, I think in, in, in Belgium, at least, and especially also here in Antwerp, I've been talking a lot with, with people who, who also, because the ballet has a theater, like we have three theaters, mm -hmm. one in Ghent, one in Antwerp, mm -hmm. and then a smaller venue, uh, that is also where we, um, you know where we have our studios or ballet studios and i think th the hardest thing is making it corona proof whatever that means you know yeah. like making sure that we could eventually maybe uh, invite certain people in in a in a safe manner and that is that is what is hard but at the same time when i'm looking at the supermarket and i see how people are behaving in that i'm like well i think we will be safer than the supermarket really so mm -hmm. so it's just a, a question of like how essential to you know people that are above my pay grade there are mm -hmm. how how are they understanding that the art of assembly as as we call it you know the art of coming together um needs to be you know supported reinvented or uh, or do people not care anymore about that like do they really not care about being able to go somewhere and i think they do care They've just been through a trauma, like a shock. And so you go to your your original, uh, your, your basic needs, which is food and shelter. Mm -hmm. um, but then quickly comes again this desire for community. And I think virtual community is wonderful, but I think we've all been in this long enough. Like uh, Facebook, it's for, what is it, 13 years or something that it exists. And mm -hmm. the, 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 the ups and downs of, of virtual connections... We, we know the limits, you know, we know that it's much more beautiful to see someone close by, to feel their energy. We, even if uh, there's not a lot of science to, to support it, I do feel like there's a, a, a magnetic kind of exchange going on in, with someone who's in the room that is different than when we're trying to, to, you know, to emulate this through, uh, mm. through, through digital means. It, it's not the same. So I think we, we will same. need to adapt to this and we will need to overcome. And our, I believe firmly in the body being able to, you know, to, to handle these new things, you know, like uh, I don't want to sound like a crazy person, but I do think that our, you know, like it's, it's fascinating when people say, Oh, kids are the least, um, you know, bothered by it or, or are actually mm. able, I think things like that really fascinate me. Uh, the notion of who is affected by it and in which way um, for my part, I, I, I think I, I honestly, I, sometimes I think I already had it in December because I was so, mm ill in december that i thought like this is not normal i've never been this you know it's never been this bad with me and um and i'd been traveling a lot i was in hong kong i was in uh new york i was in in in, in japan i was in um in england i was in belgium like i was all over the place so so i thought maybe that you know what i was handling and mm -hmm. and what was actually linked to this um of course, I will never know, you know, because we, we can't, you can't be tested. No, like uh, it, it, they only the test antibodies. people who are really, really in a very bad shape. So okay. it's it's very it's it's really complicated. And then if they find someone like that, then they will test the people around that person, okay. whoever that person got in contact with. So you almost have to have been in contact with someone in order to be 
interesting to, to you you have to break the rules in order to know you have to go find yeah, them yeah, yeah. So it's, it's hunt of, them down like it's uh yeah it's i mean i don't i i'm happy i don't have to invent all the rules that they're supposed to invent and i'm I sure know, there are I some know. things that are, that you know that i don't understand that kind of make a lot of sense when someone would explain to me but uh but some of it at times can be very um, you know, abstract and kind of like, why this is okay and that is not okay? You know, why is the zoo mm-hmm. open? <laughs> and why, you know, and why is, uh, you know, is it not possible to have uh, some form of... Uh, is the zoo open? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, Antwerp Zoo is such a lovely place. Yeah. Have you been? Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> There's I, nothing I, else to I, do. I think I went when I was a kid <laughs> and, then, and then afterwards I, I didn't go anymore. That's that. Um yeah, it's uh, a crazy time, isn't it? And it, it leads me to think, well, will da- dance and theatre and art become even more special than it ever was before, you know, and actually be treasured even more? Or, yeah, will it feel like a luxury um, that belongs to a bygone era well, for, for a while, maybe? Well, I think uh, what could be interesting is the idea of bringing dance to um, you know, to open it up to l- less people at a time, you know, to just kind of like yeah. create again this a sense of more intimacy, which I always felt as a performer who's been in theaters where there's 3,000 people watching me with someone else on stage. I must say, I always questioned that. I always felt like okay. I want people to to feel me closer. So, so in that sense, the 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 reinvention of intimacy again, I think, could could be smart, could be good. It could be an, an opportunity, but it's a, of course goes completely against the idea of financial, you know, yeah, like sure. the, the, the idea like, oh, well, when 3000 people, when our, our, our uh, you know, when it's full, then we can pay for this type of art form, like an opera or, you know, big forms. They need, they need some sort of financial support, which, so, so I think a lot uh, We'll have to look at our politicians in terms of how they can create uh, an environment that makes it possible for an, an audience to 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 experience art in a not too expensive way. So it's really going to be about uh, supporting the business of art because mm-hmm. uh, that isn't very supported. Like it's really, uh, we are not even, I don't know, 3% or something. Like we're very, 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 very small. And in, in each country it's different, but in each country it's small. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so sure. I think, uh, and I, I hear people when they say, well, I don't go to the theater so often, or I don't, and I'm like, well, I don't go to the hospital so often. But I really think it's mm-hmm. very important that people can go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that they're not going to try to avoid going to hospital because it's too expensive, you know. So, so I think it's about accessibility, and that is the big question mark with art: is it going to become something very uh, selective? There will always be people who mm. will want, want to pay a lot of money. They've always existed to see something exceptional or to have that painting in their place and that dancer perform for them like it, it it that exists you know that that kind of but i always felt like it's really important that there's an accessibility uh because it it's about it's a it's it's i i when i was a kid the fact that certain things were accessible for me made it possible to get where i am today 
So, sure, so yeah, I needed you cannot be those, what you cannot see. that access, you know. Yeah. Um, and I remember only hearing about ballet when I was 13 or 14 uh, because people never really talked about it in my, you know, in, in my community. And, uh, and I had never seen anything until I was 13, 14. So, mm. uh, and, and then I, you know, it was very local and very limited. And so I, I just felt like it's, it's important that there's something that, that makes it accessible. And of course the internet makes everything free and accessible, but also makes it kind of like cheap and unimportant, yeah. mm. you know, like people can just zap away while I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's, that's also a pity. So, so it, so it's a, it's a catch 22 of finding accessibility, but also making it still have value. And sadly we are in a, in a society where value is linked to money. So, sure. so we need to fi- figure that out. So either we need to create a new value system, like really understand that what matters is time. What matters is, you know, human exchanges. The more you have them, the more it's precious and, 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 and diversity. Again, one of those words that, you know, like I know for me, that's really important. Like I, I, I get, you know, anxious when I'm around too much of the same type of people all the time. Like I get really, I, 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 you know, I, I kind of, I don't know, implode a little bit. And then, so, so when I, I feel like I have people in the room that are very diverse, I get, I get excited because I feel like I can be myself and they're all, you know, adding on to, to this. It's, it's, it, there's much more perspective in the room and, and, and you, you kind of feel like you, you understand the world a bit better because people are coming from all over. So, and, and having now a reality where that is harder you know, where it's harder mm-hmm. to do that, you know, like all the, the, the borders are closed. It's very hard to, to go anywhere. Um, even inside of a country, it's hard to go to another city if mm-hmm. it's not an essential move. Like people would be sent back. You would go to Ghent and they would say, you know, from Antwerp to Ghent and they would say, yeah. if this isn't for your job for some, some very specific, then you should go back. Like they literally mm-hmm. stop you. Um and there's nothing wrong with that. It seems to be the thing that was oh, no. necessary, but it just kind of like was mind blowing knowing that, you know, just a couple of months before I was, I was just able to move anywhere I wanted. So privileged I was with my passport to, mm. you know, and, and, uh, and a visa for us because I, I worked there and like, it's, 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 yeah, it's just kind of like it, it put everything back on the table and it made you question everything again and that's um that's very interesting it's not a bad thing is it to notice the privilege and Mm. also the opportunity um and yeah there's a couple of things there first of all uh like you say in a capitalist system notion of success equals scale really um is is this more difficult for ballet than it is for contemporary dance? Do you think this scale is so inherent in the ballet world or is it? And, and maybe that is that something that's interesting in how to reduce the scale, if not permanently, then for now. Uh, and that intimacy, like for me, that's quite easy to imagine contemporary dance addressing that. But but ballet is different. Is that right? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good question. A very hard one. Uh, I think in ballet, there 
has always been a sort of autonomy of the body. Like every ballet dancer is on his own, like on his own legs, on you know. And there is the pas de deux, you know, the the duets. Mm. But that's about it, you know. And for the rest, there is kind of like this unilateral. I'm very, I'm, I'm you know, uh, of course, there's much more complex forms, but it's never about the all the bodies coming together in some sort of. Um, contact improvisation that is a mm, that's mm. contemporary in, in many ways and and we are bringing this in different choreographers like crystal pite hoffish akram i am doing this many people are bringing this into the ballet world we're injecting mm. the knowledge of other you know uh if you want to call them disciplines you could but it's just for me it's all one big discipline the discipline of the body but but yeah it's different styles that are uh as always, influencing other styles. And ballet has always mm. been influenced by Indian dance styles, by flamenco dance styles. From, from all, all, for, for always, it has had that in, in influence. And, and so now this is also coming in, and there's nothing wrong with that. On the other side, I do think that the, the, the ballet class is quite, you know, there's this space for everyone to be autonomous, which kind of makes it almost easy to, to come you know, to, to come back to the studio with a very, uh, you know, saying like, oh, okay, yeah. you need to be three meters away from each other because mm -hmm. people are anyway just working on their two fuetes or anything that has mm -hmm. to, you know, they need space. You know, what was interesting for me with, when I was talking with my colleagues and also with the dancers is what's hard is to do it in your kitchen. You know, because you don't have the space to do a diagonal. Mm -hmm. You don't have this. While their art form is really about, about, taking the space and, um, you know, high and, uh, you know, like in width. Um, so that, that we need to offer them space. And in that sense, we're trying now to bring, you know, we'll in, in I think it's uh, next week or something that we can start slowly to bring back dancers 10 by 10 to have classes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. There's some places like in, France, the Ballet of Monte Carlo started today, I think. And so I'm following all the different ballet companies as because the, they have Just different government, um, you know, uh, it, it's all kind of similar, but it's not really exactly the same. So, so the social distancing mm. can be applied in a different way. So we are allowed with the Ballet of Flanders to, to start experimenting as long as we're really careful. Uh, and, uh, and so we're going to do that. But but with the contemporary uh, work that I do, it's it's hard because I have trios that are embedded one into another. Course, so if they yeah. are not part of the, we call them bubbles. Like uh, you know, if they're not part of your, um, yeah, you know your your intimate circle, you can't do it. So you have to yeah. be, you know have to be lucky that you're in the mm -hmm. same bubble, and so that reminds me of. The tango dancers I used to work with back in the day when we did milonga and I was in Argentina mm -hmm. for so long and I was working on on tango and learning it and and I remember the the um, you know the, the commitment of a dancer to another dancer to be like you're my partner and okay. you know sometimes for 10 years 18 years and there was this and they could never see themselves as a dancer on their own they would always do this with their partners and so that kind of commitment is going to be asked mm -hmm. of contemporary dancers now is to be like, are we family and are we going to stick together? But maybe that means that you can't just go and work with another company because I need you in my, 
in my environment. And so it, it, it creates little bubbles, but the one good thing there, I mean, cause you know, normally people are kind of like, um, butterflies they kind of fly from one Mm -hmm. you know uh flower to the next and suddenly they need to feel there's a responsibility you have for your colleagues to stay you know to stay healthy and to be you know um careful with that and i I, and i think that's very fascinating i i don't know where that's going to go at all because i'm just observing it right now but uh but there is something about certain dancers already kind of like coming together and being like you know what we trust each other and we're going to stay we're going to stick together and we're going to be really careful about whatever else we're encountering because you never know uh, and I don't want to get any of you sick, and I don't want to get sick also. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be careful. So that's that's quite fascinating. So I think there will are you be... doing that then? Can you imi- or can you imagine yourself doing that, bringing a bubble of um, dancers together and just well, staying? You know, the funny thing is, I'm 44 now, so I'm I'm really in a place for myself where I, uh, I as a dancer, you're asking, um, yeah. Uh, no, as a choreographer. As a choreographer, in, it's in kind of easier because I can stay. You know, I can put on my gloves, my mask, and stay three meters away yeah, and, you, and still kind of explain something. For me, it's more about the people that are going to go on stage and actually touch one another and actually be yeah. in a, you know, like I don't need to, like I I, I like to, and I, I think it's wonderful when I have the the, the permission to, 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 to move into, you know, like help a body to kind of understand the motion or, you know, like uh, guide a foot or guide a head or a, a spine into mm-hmm. something. I have had, you know, this experience of doing this at times, but also with, and that's the funny thing with um, having more and more responsibility and being in a, in a, in a, in a day and age where uh, when you get um, a position of leadership, you're also careful to not make anybody uncomfortable with touching them. So I've been also kind of in the last couple of years taking more distance from people uh, in that okay. way, just out of out of respect for their, you know, like not feeling like there's anything intimidating about me coming in and twisting uh, your arm. So I've always been really attentive to to that part and so now suddenly it's it's kind of practical that i was doing that because it it just shows that i it gives me uh it it makes things not change too much while when i was younger and i was more of the same age of the dancers that i was working with i would have a tendency to just throw myself in there and kind of like Mm. do it with them and 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 if this would have happened then i wouldn't have known what to do now but now i can you know, I'm pretty good at describing a movement or, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, looking the person in the eye and almost like through telepathy kind of say what I think it should be. Um, because I've learned to take distance to out of respect for other people's personal space. It's it's just been, you know, like there's been so many things around the ha- you know, hashtag me too and all these things that kind of really made me feel like I need to, you know, to, to, to be careful with others. Um, and that's such an interesting, uh, I hadn't thought about that, that just in in the position of responsibility, it it puts a a physical distance between you and the people. Yeah, You are, you are, you know, that's, that's a real, that's a real thing. Like I, and I've talked with other people who've, who are directors, who are, you know, also men and women, you know, like I talked with Tamara Rojo about it, but with so many people about the the difficulty of suddenly realizing um, how much 
people want to please you and that you cannot misread that, that you have to yeah. be constantly looking at it with very lucid and very, and never take anything personal, the, not the nice and not the bad, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you, you really need to kind of like detach, which is very hard as an artist because you want to connect. And so you need to connect on the points that you can, and they are spiritual points almost more than, you know, than pure emotional or, or, uh, or physical, because you really, you, you, you create um, tension in the room. You know, people are... Does that feel yeah. like a loss to you? Hmm? Does, that, does that feel like a loss? Yes, I was, it was. Like, especially in the beginning, I was really like feeling that, like, what is happening? Why am I... And it, it was like almost something that I was doing without realizing I was doing it. And then being like, why am I not, why did I not go there? And why did I just yell that through the room? <laughs> like, why, why was, am I lazy or is this because, <laughs> just because I'm actually, you know, something's holding me back. And it's the stories, it's the stories of other, you know, like, uh, there, there, uh, uh, you know, like, there's been so many stories in, in different countries, like I've really mm. followed all of that. And he, also here in Flanders with, uh, mm. you know, choreographers or directors, artists like Jan Fabre. And, and, sure. and I have a lot of empathy for both sides, weirdly enough, because I really know what it's like to be delusional and to see something that isn't there and to think that that's actually personal, but it isn't. And, mm. and so I uh, not to want to condone any kind of, uh, behavior. I'm just aware that it it some of it can be um, you know some some people are just terrible, evil, and and but some aren't even aware that it has mm. that type of you know that there's a power play in 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 there that that and that you know you yeah it, it's that balance between power and responsibility, and I mm. think. Yeah, it's it's just something that I always try to, I try to put the responsibility uh, in the room with everyone, so that that we can all kind of like connect in a in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And and I I speak a lot about function. If my function is to, let's say, take the decision, I want to be as informed as possible. I want you know all the points of view. I don't mind if they're conflicting, and I'll deal with all of that in my head and try to make the, the best possible, this, take the best possible decision. If some people then don't like my decision, I will have to handle yeah. that. It's just going to be like that. But, uh, and I will hear them. And, but at some point I will also be, if you want to decide it next time, you should be the director to decide, <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, like it's sure. really understanding how simple it can be, but I don't need to belittle someone for that. I don't need to, you know, make them feel afraid of me or like I, I, and that's been, um, a journey for me to learn to, to learn to lead, um, I remember when we met also, I was still struggling with that on so many levels, like really finding mm. my voice in a group of 14 very diverse uh, people with all different desires of what should or shouldn't happen in the piece that we were making. It was myth mm. back in the day. And um, yeah, it, it kind of helped me this piece through the years. And I'm not saying I have all the solutions, far from it, but I do know that I've kind of like been picking up certain skills from looking at other directors, mm. other, um, and also just talking with the performers going like, what do you really need? You know, like, cause mm. you're saying you want this, but do you really want that? Or is there something, 
you know, or you just need a decision and that's why you're insecure because once we commit to this, we're good. And so it's been, it's been a journey for me to, um, yeah, to get to this place. But I do miss, you know, sometimes uh, an, an, a certain intimacy. And it doesn't mean that it's never there. there. I think there are always people that are very, very clear with themselves and they can be like, look, you know, I'm very comfortable with you putting your hand on my shoulder. Don't worry. <laughs> like, you know, like, sure. uh, and, and I think I've also learned to, you know, give a hug without making anybody feel uncomfortable. And, you know, you, you, you kind of like, but, but you do adapt. You, you, you try to take care of that. So in that sense, in the Corona times, where suddenly giving someone a hug is, um, you know, is, 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 is against the law. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's really interesting to, to, to have had that, you know, that flow already for, for someone like me, it's been kind of there. So, so mm. I, um, it, it, the big question is, is beyond my own experience is really like, what type of society do we want and what type of physicality do we want? And those are really interesting questions. Like how, mm. like, yeah, some people like to get, shake hands and some people hate it and some people want a fist bump and some people want four kisses on the cheek uh, in certain cultures also. And it's, it's that that makes me, I find it fascinating because since I was a kid, I've always been uh, code switching, you know, being in, in mm -hmm. a situation where here I have to do this and I have to be this intimate with my aunt. And, and then yeah. with my other aunt, I had to be very differently you know, behave very differently. And mm. then when it was in Japan, it was even different. And it was like really figuring out how to navigate that. And now it suddenly became some sort of global new approach that, um, yeah, that just kind of like shocks a lot of people. It makes a lot of people will need some, you know, psychological support for this. Because if you mm. aren't ever used to switch, like then, then this is the first switch you ever had to do. And so it's it's huge. Um, mm. So I'm interested in, um, in in what you're saying in terms of you've adapted your style, your uh, choreographic style, or your leadership style within a process because of this awareness. Which, of course, awareness is your responsibility and all leaders. So that's good. But I also wonder about whether. I mean, you are a leader now of an organization before you were just a choreographer. And so you led that space, but it's not quite the same thing. Now, organizationally, you have a, a lot of responsibility. And perhaps is there something about how leaders ought to behave <laughs> and that you have to keep a little bit of distance just for, for those reasons, which is interesting, again, because um, my observations of you working are that you're very much a, a leader from within. Uh, and that, you know, you are very collaborative and it isn't really in your, it's not, or it wasn't your style to, um, yeah, to, to play upon that hierarchy and to, to require that hierarchy. So, so I wonder what that's like for you, A, because now you are a leader of a, of a cultural uh, organization. Uh, and also is ballet different as well, because there's already this quite sort of systemic hierarchy within the room. Um, is my question clear? <laughs> I, I think so. I, I, if I understand it well, it's about um, like the balance between having had, you know, like being a choreographer and then being a leader. I, I do think that the two, you know, at times fall together because even being a choreographer, you you are leading, you know, you're leading everything. So, mm. and yes, when, when 
you know, we, we worked especially on, on myth. I, I could kind of, I was very hands-on. Um, and, uh, but, but I also work with proxies, you know, like I can have, I can delegate mm. Uh, mm. with a rehearsal director or someone who's really in the field and has the function of being in the field. And that kind of like makes it also easy, you know, someone who's also a dancer, who's also, you know, so somehow, but maybe isn't in the show. So can show it. So I can yeah. be intimate with that person. I can prepare things in a very intimate way with that person. And then that person will, you know, work on it from the inside with them. And so there is mm -hmm. a possibility for them to feel what it's like, but it's like mm -hmm. trans it's, it's transmitted. It's not like I'm okay. right there in the, in the field with them, but there's someone else who's been in my field who now is in their field. And yeah, then, okay. so and then I just try to be really careful about the words I use, you know, in the room uh, to, to be inviting and to not, um, like I said, like, I, I think I'm, I, I know uh, how intimidating it can be when, you know, you are, you're, you know, the person in front of you is actually, you know, he or she calls the shots. And so you're depending on their mm -hmm. approval. But the funny thing with me is that even when I don't approve completely, I am still fascinated. <laughs> like I'm always mm -hmm. interested in people's proposals, even when I don't like them. I, I am a very good audience that way. So it, it <laughs> makes it even in my own work that I can tolerate quite a lot, like even mistakes or things that I'm always like, I'm more interested in what it does to me internally than mm. getting upset about what other people will say that I allow this in my work. Like I've really mm -hmm. been able to kind of go like, you know what, you do whatever you want with what you think about what I, what my work is about or what it does or how you, I, I've really been, because I've had so much, Whenever I thought it was really good and people would say it was so bad or when I thought it wasn't good enough and then people would say it is brilliant, I, it really made me go like, I think I just have to, you know, relate to it with, with my own experience. And I know why something didn't work out. Um, and I think very few people would be able to point something out that I didn't already know. So, so yeah, in that sense, it's, it's, it's kind of liberated me from, I don't know, getting upset during uh, a rehearsal of the royal ballet because they didn't do exactly what i wanted i'm like it's okay we're we're it's you a work in progress it. i see this yeah. as a work in progress and i also feel uh, a peace I, what i the way i um keep myself sane is that some of these works are i i know that maybe people don't appreciate it now but i know like maybe in 10 years they will they will <laughs> see what it actually try to do you know like uh, and it's very it's interesting because i got a lot of work in the past that now seems very irrelevant you know like uh, i remember working in china with yabin wan uh, uh she's a, a, a chinese choreographer and dancer uh mm -hmm. who has her own little company and, and eastman worked together with her in, in beijing and we you know the whole piece people are wearing white masks and it was all about isolation and isolating people. And, and there were these cubes on stage where everybody was actually some sort of experiment of someone else. And I, I you know, this was 2013. So it's seven years ago. And somehow when I look at it again, because recently I was watching it again and I was like, oh, my God, this is so relevant to what's happening now. 
but back in the day, pe- people were annoyed that they were wearing masks and they were annoyed that, you know, you couldn't see their facial expression. And, 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 and I was like, yeah, but the point was that this was how what Beijing did to me was in, you know, it kind of stepped in my, and what came out were these proposals. And Yabin followed me in this. She kind of like, she was very unjudgmental. She was very much like, Barbie, if you see this, that's what we're going to do. And so, uh, but some people really liked that work and some people didn't. And so, you know, so it was very all over the place. But then now I felt like, well, this works really quite telling yeah. of, of the, the notion of life and death being, you know, we, we, uh, we are born in a hospital and we might die in a hospital. And then in between, we're measured and we are, uh, you know, constantly checked if this is our ending or if tomorrow is our ending. And ah, yeah, you, your blood test and everything is kind of like constantly uh, reminding you, either it's distracting you or it's reminding you of your m- mortality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But very little is giving you the meaning you're so desperately craving for. So that's something that that we've kind of lost in our society like the the speaking about meaning like meaning with a big m <laughs> and mm. uh and and for me it's it's it, you know art when it's good it really does that it really speaks about what matters and meaning and 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 it it creates meaning even it it gives um you know it gives some sort of uh, it, it makes all this nonsense kind of come together in a, in a shape that yeah, that's is, how we do our thinking yeah, that that helps you to yeah to organize it all like so that's mm. why I'm still doing it is because I, I really get excited about how my head get gets organized when I you know when I work around certain things like suddenly I question like if, and even the pop you know with pop stars when I did um, the work with Beyonce on Ape Shit. I was, you know, and it was in the Louvre, and all, and we were mm. using these paintings, and then having these gorgeous, you know, uh, all Afro-American dancers, you know, very, very, and then, uh, you know, I could invite one of my dancers, and I invited um, um, Princess Madoki, who's a, a walker, and mm-hmm. she's a friend of mine, and we, she's a lot in a lot of my work because she works really ha- nice with hands, and that's also what I do. So, you know, this this goes way back to when I used to want to be a voguer when I was seventeen, and I, I really <laughs> feel, you know, co- a connection with her style. And I I, I, I brought her into this apeshit video, and having her dance next to the Mona Lisa was really exciting, just to kind of like have that tension between the. The, the now and uh, the past, but then also this a past that is glorified and, and seen as a, a you know as a genius work of art and it is but mm-hmm. but 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 sometimes in the here and now we have those two like I think Josepha is a work of art too and somehow it it uh, it it through through working with Beyonce through being you know you could kind of like frame all of that and and create that tension between you know um, uh, a, a predominantly white culture defining what is high art, and uh, yeah. and that is because I'm half Arab, and so I will always, even though I'm white, I will always, I'm like a wolf in a in a in a sheep, you know, uh, uh, like yeah. like literally Reclosing, constantly, yeah. you know, reappearing and going like, well, I I do think there's more going on here than just that, and and so I I try to to find uh, meaning that way. 
whatever, you know, whether it is working on Medusa in the Royal Ballet or uh, working with Beyonce or whatever, I would always kind of like look for the, you know, something that really, it, it's never just for show because I'm not that interested yeah. in it really. Yeah. Okay. Um, and just just going back to this um, this p- position of power that you have, uh, maybe you do and maybe you don't um, have the power. Uh, in response to the COVID environment now, can you th- can you feel? Do you feel fear for certain sector, certain parts of the sector? Do you worry for the sector, and do you feel power within your hands to ensure that the people that are important are looked after, and um, that the that the sector goes forwards, not backwards, on so many important issues? For example, as you already talked about, the diversity of the stories that are told, the dancers that tell them, and the audiences that see them, and also the gender imbalance within the sector. Of course, there is a lot of thinking around whether all of that's going to go out the window now and we're just going to fall back on the old favourites. Um, what what do you think art's job is now and what do you think you can do in that? Well, I think, you know, when you're mentioning all of those, it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's very um, kind of like, how do you say this in English, daunting? Like, it's really scary. Like, it's kind of like... Yeah, uh, yeah overwhelming. Overwhelming because uh, it's it's all the issues that we are conscious of now um are so many you know with Mm. you know and now you're mentioning all the ones inside of a specific niche which is the artwork uh the art the art world uh but there's climate change and there's other things you know that are even bigger so you're you're kind of like going um from one uh problem to another problem to another problem to another problem so the question is is there a cure that can solve a couple of problems at the same time like you know are there philosophies that kind of you know go like oh well if you have that then racism kind of disappears a little bit and this mm-hmm. disappears a bit and so it, it's really looking for systems that yeah, uh, that yeah. can you know bring uh we, we, we to be very concrete we, we're now in a in a time where what's hard is is like our system our art system is built on selling tickets for mm. seats, seats that people want to buy in order to see, you know, whether they want to see Lion King or, or the, the musical on, 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 on the West End, or they want to come and see a, a contemporary dance piece of uh, this or that amazing uh, choreographer or whatnot. It's a seat that you cannot now sell and yeah. you cannot buy. Uh, because it, there's a risk factor in the assembly. So the question is like, how uh, is a person then still able to see the work of Crystal Pite or of you know any other artist that you really kind of crave to go and see? Um, or are you uh, craving to be in Sadler's Wells in a theater? Are you craving for the 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 fact of coming of of the art of assembly which doesn't matter if it's my piece or another guy's piece or another girl's piece or what you know what i mean like it it just doesn't matter it's about the pleasure of going to the theater and these are two very different questions like either you are a, a fan of this artist like i'm a big fan of kate bush and i can wait 12 years until she has a new album i don't mind because i'm such a big fan of kate bush uh, but there's other people who really want to see me every week and are like, I need that artist and this. And, and they're, they're in another flow 
than uh, and and so they are not patient. Uh, so a year waiting is going to drive them mad. Uh, while for me, I've waited twelve years for you know between uh, the red shoes and and uh, I don't remember the, the album that she brought out after, <laughs> but it, it's like it, it was twelve years, and so. Um, yeah. But I think my question is is what do you think you can do? Well, what I uh, and what, is what do you I'm hope already to do? trying to do is, is what I can do is is I like this week I'm seeing the Minister of Culture, for instance, and we're talking mm-hmm. about what our issues are, and I really want to put on the table the fact like either you. Uh, because here they call it subsidy. You know, there's a subsidy. Mm-hmm. We have uh, usually for uh, a company like the Opera is 70% is state and 30% that we look elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, for a company like Eastman, it's the opposite. I have 30% of subsidies and everything else I have to find from France or from uh-huh, any other okay. country uh, mm-hmm. in order to support uh, the, the work's I, I, I make f- with that company. So it's it really, uh, so each organization, and they need to understand the, 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 the economic factors and see if they can help us just because at the end of the day, um, we're not that expensive to the state. You know, people love to kind of like push it up as being super expensive, but I'm like, it's more expensive to have all these people be out of a job. I think, mm. and it would be much smarter to give them, you know, meaning, <laughs> to give them a, a, a place where they can find meaning doing something that is meaningful, which is sharing with, uh, you know, young young people coming to watch shows, kids coming to see things. Like there's a there's a transmission of culture. There's a transmission of a, a, everything that all these uh, Flemish nationalists or whatever are su- supposedly standing for they need to support that they need to kind of like and uh, and yes sometimes that will mean that a guy with an arab name will be in charge and they'll have to deal with that but it's really about um making them understand that there there is a, an opportunity there for them to you know to to do something so so for me it's 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 from my side i'm trying to protect the organization so to make sure mm-hmm. that we don't go bankrupt, because if we're bankrupt, it's much more expensive to build the whole organization back up. We it takes a lot of energy to create a, an organization like like a ballet company, and I think we need sure. to protect it, uh, and then protect all the people inside of that. Like make sure that they have an income that is enough for them to sustain themselves, and then give them perspective to say like, well, we're like now we're making small, we call them miniatures, which are kind of like mm-hmm. small videos where we, uh, because we can only work one-on-one and we mm-hmm. need to, you know, we, we can't create things with more people. We're not even allowed to go in the studio yet until, you know, uh, until that. And then even when we are going to be allowed to be in a studio, we're only allowed, allowed to train. We're not allowed to rehearse. So, Great, so, yeah. so there's, there's, so we're, so we're following the rules of the government. And I think, it's it's my job as a leader to translate to those rules into something that's viable for you know the community I'm responsible of. So I need to to be able to explain to them this is what they're trying to tell us. This and you can find mm. if, if you don't believe me, look on this website. This is where everything is like mm. explained, and we fall into these and these and these categories. And this is why we can't do this for you, but we do, we can do this and that for you. Um, and um, so yeah, so it's it's a lot of uh, it's a bit like social assistant right now. It's honestly 
uh, a lot of talking, a lot of uh, HR kind of things, mm. and then um, trying to invent uh, what we could do next. We were like, as an artist, and if I pull myself back as an artist, I, I've been proposing certain um, ways of making it maybe possible to 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 do a bit of assembly, you know, to put people together, but in a in a safe way, so that they could still enjoy this or that so that slowly we we invite them back to trust in the same yeah. physical space yeah in in well you know yeah. like make it big enough like take away some chairs and make yeah. sure that they yeah. can you know so they feel um they feel like it's uh yeah it's clean it's a clean environment mm. uh and i'm 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 following up on all the the numbers of the you know the the death toll, the, the the balance with the amount of people that are getting sick again, and I'm, yeah, I'm, you, you kind of, you know, the 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 science of it is really clear. Like you just need mm-hmm. to make sure that everybody gets it. So as a leader in the field, you're trying to, you know, to address all of that first and to make sure that that translation happens. And then uh, let's say with Sakfa. I, I put it in 2022, so we had a whole negotiation with uh, the foundation um, of uh, Pina Bausch and bless them, mm. they were open to giving us the opportunity to do it in 22. It was really, you know, they could have said, no, I'm sorry, this was your window, you missed it. But they were very okay. lenient and, and uh, after a lot of talks, we kind of like made it possible so I could give some sort of perspective to be like, look, hopefully in, by 22, there might be a vaccine or there might be a, mm. you know, or this wave will have passed and we'll be able to do SACFA still, which uh, is such a physical and intimate piece that is impossible right now to dance. Like that type yeah. of work is not possible. What I find interesting or fascinating is the fact that there's a, a before and after Corona and this after we're going to have to be work. We, we're going to have to work that out because, because nothing of what we had in the past it, can show us the way, you know, uh, the closest is the 19, uh, Spanish flu, Spanish flu, where yeah. you can go like, Oh, how did, what did people do then? You know, what did artists do then? How did they manage that type of uh, pandemic? So that's, that's also, it's, it's, I think sometimes it's about giving people perspective as a, as a leader. You, you need to make sure that they, uh, they feel like they can take a step back and look at the bigger picture and not get anxious in their little... Um, yeah, some certainty is nice as well as acknowledging that yeah. you know, we, we need to live in a state of not knowing. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's possible to feel, uh, I think, a great sense of hope about that, that there will be positive change and that the arts... I mean, the arts always needs to make its a case for itself, but it, there's a fresh sense of urgency there and a fresh uh, maybe responsibility to make sure it's reaching the right people or as many people as possible, which, you know, in many ways is no bad thing. I think that we'll um, check our, our reasons for being and doing and make sure that our output is as far reaching and... Uh, resonant as it can be i suppose yeah yeah i i i hear that i i remember when i i, I met some of the dancers by chance on the street like two you know two dancers and i i was i got really teary eyed seeing them and i said are you guys okay is your family okay and but i also like urged them to to be in the now to really be mm. in the now i mean 
our art form dance is really about being in the here and now. And so embracing that and not even, you know, not even being so about the future or say, oh, and it used to be so good, but to really just be like, be here and now and just kind of mm. embrace that for a second because we, uh, like, I don't want to glorify how it was before. Like it was a rat race. We're in a rat race. And and I said to some of my colleagues at, at the Valley when we were trying to create, and I said, we're almost creating a new rat race. I'm like, why are we doing that? Why are we now, so, so desperate of, Mm-hmm. I want that there is a, of course, survival, and then that there is some sort of ability to live and to thrive. But that doesn't mean, you know, like having, I don't know, a million projects. It it really is about what are we trying to say? I know I, I sound like an idiot because I do a million projects, but I do them because there is one thing I want to pass, and I, I I need all these forms to pass that one thing. And but 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 I could also do it in, in one work. Like it's it's all about uh, focusing on the here and now. And and for me, that's really really important. That that we just kind of like be thankful of this conversation with you. Be thankful of of you know uh, maybe tomorrow is there. Maybe it isn't there. In that sense, n- not so much changed for me because in it, the the Corona crisis kind of like underlined something that was always there. There was always a possibility that you or I or someone would die through, you know, like with an accident, a, a plane crash or, a, you yeah, know. And like apparently the, the odds of that have not changed, no. you know, no. in this time. Yeah. But you live, you know, your whole practice, as you say, is about bringing people from all the corners of the world together. And you spend a lot of time traveling to all corners of the world together. Can you, can you reconfigure that in your mind that in a way that it doesn't have so much such a footprint and that it and yet it's still because I think that's your ways on detra really is to to bring people together that to, to think through things can you do that in a more local way I think so I, I mean, mean like uh, my friend Diane Paulus who's a, a really important director I don't know if you've heard of Diane Paulus she's um she 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 won a Tony Award for uh Pippin I think and um, she, she's the director okay. of uh, Waitress. The, um, uh, oh, I think yeah. it's at, uh, it, it, it was created in America. Uh, it was, it's on Broadway, but it's also now, I think, in London uh, since a year or something. And she's an amazing director, incredible, and such, a, such an intelligent person um, and really great person. And, and so she... I was asking her because she's the director of ART, which is American Repertory Theatre in Boston, mm-hmm. um, Cambridge, and um, and I said like, how are you coping? You know, because uh, it's it's really harder for her than it is for me because we, you know, our state because we are state bound as an opera house, there is something in which. I'm just there to kind of fill it. But then if I can't do that, they're in charge. They kind of like almost take over. Yeah. They tell us what to do. And and so a part of my job is just to translate that and, and yeah. discuss it if I feel like I disagree, which thank God isn't too much the case. I understand a lot mm-hmm. of what's going on. Uh, but but for ART, they, they did a, a, a piece with actresses and actors through Zoom. And it was, and she said it. She she gave, she got very emotional about it because she could see every actor's face up close, playing, and and it was such another kind of way of of experiencing theater, 
and she said it was really, really eye-opening for her to, she could not imagine that it was going to work. She was ready to, she said, okay, let's try it. If after day two, it doesn't work, we, we just, you know, don't do it. But then she really persevered and went through it. And, and so she was like, I, I can do this. I could keep doing this. And, and it would, and I'm like, if you got teary eyed, I said to her, then I will be also while mm-hmm. watching the final results. I'm sure, because that is how I think about everything in art. If I like something one of my dancers does on stage, I'm pretty sure you might like it too, or other people might like it too. That's, that's as simple as that. So, so what we need to look for is things that get us excited again, things that make us emotional. And it can be words, it can be visuals, it can be uh, uh, a poem or a piece of music, it can be many things. There is so much we can still experience um, and uh, it was Kartika Nair, my friend, poet. She she really wrote it really well when she was like, "Look, you know, like certain senses are taken away from us, touch, and this kind of like proximity, but but we have all the other senses still, so we can still hear each other, we can still see each other, we can still, you know, we we might not be able to taste one another, we might not be able to touch one another, but that's okay because we have all the other senses. So it's really about translating it to the senses we still have. Uh, and then, yes, you can be melancholic about the senses you don't have. And the best poetry is usually written about the things that you you have lost. So so go ahead and write, you know, write now because it's it's the best moment to 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 speak your heart you know and to to say oh i miss you know like a i i haven't been able to see my cats or or my mom and and because my my cats are with my mom and so i don't want to you know create any kind of tension there and i don't want to you know uh, risk anything for her so i do call her a lot but i i can't visit her and it's really um strange because it's not like I could visit her that much when I was all the time on tour yeah. but when I was in Belgium I would yeah. but now I'm in Belgium and I can't so it, it feels like I have to trick my mind uh, and there's a lot of mindfulness and and finding ways to you know just uh, understand your real situation mm-hmm. not just um, blow it all out of proportion you know, like there, like the first thing I also did whilst we were deconstructing was I would listen to people who are used to trauma, you know, have been through, I don't know, genocide or, or people who've had uh, their house bombed, like in Syria, and the, the, the inability for them to, to kind of like uh, be even considered, uh, you know, we, People would call them refugees, and but actually they, these are people like you and I who is just dealing with very, very uh, unfortunate circumstances to a degree we can't um, comprehend until you're going through it yourself. And to see all that they are, have managed to achieve, even though this happened to them, and I was like, well, it's not even a quarter that happened to us. Like in that sense, we are pretty okay you know like uh, it's just it's it's really a what and and another thing i also said to another friend <laughs> was that i said these highs and lows that we're talking about so often like ah, i had a good day and i had a bad day and, and, and but i had them when i was working too of course, like yeah. i literally yeah, had literally. them too and i said yeah they, they were exactly the same and it's just like now i can't blame anyone now it's just my own mind and so 
that privilege of being with yourself for a second, especially for people who are not used to doing that or not, it's really special. I have not had this privilege. Like I was all the time with other people, dealing with other people's issues, other people's problems. And so suddenly I was like, but what do I need? I, uh, I need mm-hmm. to feed the birds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really need to feed the birds to feel okay. I need to work out at least three times a week to feel okay. I need to, you know, like eat healthy enough to feel okay. Because if I don't, I feel like crap. Mm-hmm. And and understand giving, you know, having been given that that privilege of, of that time, um, it's really special for me. And and that doesn't take away any of the suffering of other people when they're like stuck in a unloving home. Like I, I you know, I was following friends of mine who, you know, Morocco. Uh, I, I'm half a Moroccan, and, and, and Morocco is is still uh, very much against uh, be, being gay. You know, like there's a it's against the law. Um, and uh, recently, some people in 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 Morocco have been outed during the lockdown so which makes it almost impossible for them to go anywhere because they they can't even go to their own communities anymore so they they are thrown out of the house out of their family's home or they're staying in the house but they're completely being you know psychologically abused because uh, they're gay and they're not supposed to be and so so there's a lot of suffering behind you know closed doors right now that that needs to be addressed in relationship to the idea that being in a lockdown is also quite traumatic. Yeah. Um, so I think it's there's a lot of un, 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 unraveling, and I think the quicker people can learn to unravel now, as you know, they have the time for that, the better, because then you can start helping other people. Yeah, absolutely. And it's this idea of may, maybe if you've indeed had the virus, it's really surprising to me that you know people who have had the virus aren't wearing yellow armbands and, and can't get out there and you know and start helping you know delivering this yeah. or the other it's an interesting thing that that hasn't happened yeah. but yes you're right it's a time for noticing the privilege we we always had uh and yeah certainly that we're living living through now i guess uh lobby we're, we're out of time i'm so grateful it's so lovely to chat with you it was nice to talk to you and if you need anything just let me know yeah i will do i thank, <laughs> thank, thank you very much for joining us lobby take care thank you thank you bye Well, that's it for this episode of Downtime. I really hope you enjoyed it. Please do listen to the other episodes with other brilliant artists and arts leaders and please also have a look at my website, www.thecoad.org. May you be lucky and well enough to have a little inspired downtime of your own.